0: Today, we are joined by Chief Marshall Hopper and probation manager Aaron Johnson of Placer County to talk about their innovative approach to servicing their communities through mobile probation vehicles and how these vehicles have become a moving landmark to the probationers they serve. Good afternoon, Chief Marshall Hopper from Placer County, and we also have joining us today Erin Johnson, a probation manager also from Placer County, to talk to us about uh, some really great outreach that you're doing in your county and how that actually became a bit of a model for some statewide work that uh, we're seeing uh, roll throughout the uh, state. And I do mean roll, so let's start there. Chief Hopper, tell us a little bit about why we're here today.
1: Well, in in the, in the fall of 2021, I was asked if I had any interest in um, utilizing the Placer County Bookmobile, um, which at that time wasn't being used. So I thought about it for a little bit and um, had some discussions with my counterparts um, um, in the justice system and our CEO's office. And I decided to give it a shot and to... Uh, try to utilize that vehicle within our own department to conduct outreach to the clients that have difficult times seeing us.
0: So maybe we should take a step back because I think most people who are listening probably already familiar with probation and what Mm -hmm. they do, but just in case we have somebody who isn't, um, How unusual is this? Is probation often in the field, and in what situations are they in the field versus maybe something that you might be doing with this particular vehicle? Well,
1: probation is in the field on a regular daily basis, connecting with the community, connecting with the clients that we serve to uh, to help provide meaningful engagement and change lives. So it's not uncommon for us to be out in the field. What is uncommon is for us to utilize a vehicle such as this to break down those barriers for those that can't report to us.
0: And when you say break down barriers, I'm going to guess you're not actually physically driving the vehicle (laughs) through a barrier, but what kind of barriers are you thinking of?
1: Well, I'm talking about transportation barriers. Um, A lot of individuals are not able to make it to the probation office. Um, And I developed this vehicle so we could really meet them where they are Mm -hmm. um, in a uh, In a place where we can make sure that we are complying with their terms and conditions of probation, seeing them like we're supposed to, um, because if they can't make it to us, then we have no other choices than to file violations of probation, um, which brings them down as well. So the thought was to um, meet them where they are, provide them opportunities to succeed through the use of this vehicle.
0: And did your CEO and the county kind of think, oh, this is a great idea? Or did they kind of look at you askew? Um,
1: We had several conversations at at the time um, regarding uh, how it could be utilized. And I just really emphasized that I wanted to bring probation to a community near you. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring us to the clients that we serve, meet them where they are, and provide them the best services possible. Because at the end of the day, if I can eliminate uh, some of those barriers overall in the justice system, that's less warrants, that's less court hearings, that's less cost of the taxpayer dollar. If I can reduce that by just seeing them where they are and accomplishing what I would normally do in the office, mm-hmm. then it's a win-win for everybody.
0: That does seem to make sense. Seems mm-hmm. like a, a great use of government, uh, again, meeting people where they are. So how did uh, how did the chief talk you into this crazy idea, Aaron?
2: Uh, well, during the development stage of the vehicle. Marshall asked for input throughout the department and I was able to assist with some of the build out of the vehicle and really it's a great opportunity to see how we can get a mobile office into each community that Mm -hmm. we serve in Placer County. It's a pretty diverse uh, geographic location and so we have some very small underserved communities as well as some transportation issues. So it's been a lot of fun and we've also been able to incorporate court other outreach services, as well as just going into certain communities each day of the week.
0: So what's inside the vehicle? What's it Uh, look like?
2: The inside of the vehicle is set up like a little mobile office. So typically Mm -hmm. when we roll it into the field, we'll have a probation officer and a health and human services representative. It has two computers on board that the clients can use or watch videos. It has a Wi-Fi hotspot so that our computers work faster, health and human services computers work faster, and clients that are waiting either inside or outside can also use that service. And essentially what it allows us to do is it allows us to access classes, access the courtroom, access things such as CalFresh, uh, CalWorks, things of that nature.
0: Oh, great. So it sounds like, uh, Chief Hopper, this is, um, it's, it's good for the clients, it sounds like you're saying by being out in the field, it's also probably good for public safety. Is, do you find it efficient as well? Are you gaining efficiencies? Um,
1: yeah, I do. I do find it very efficient. Um, in fact, since we started this program in, um, in uh, 2021, we've had over 3,000 contacts, um, meaning those are individual uh, contacts that we would have normally had in the office. Um, and those are individuals that needed probation services, that needed our practitioner's assistance. So we've utilized it in that avenue. We've also developed a rotating schedule where the vehicle travels on a daily basis to different cities within our jurisdiction. So we can also help our local law enforcement agencies connect with their um, unsheltered population as well. And so the goal is the vehicle travels, law enforcement works with us, and the practitioners so we can really serve our, our, our communities and the unsheltered population.
0: So you um, mentioned the unsheltered population. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's a majority of what you're using the vehicle for? Or are there, is it a variety of different uh, probationers?
1: I would say it, it's the majority of those. Yeah. Um, just because, again, breaking down those barriers and connecting with them. Um, in Placer County, we have roughly a little, bit over, a little over 319 uh, individuals that are classified as homeless. And those individuals are on probation for a wide variety of of crimes, but many of them are considered high risk. And what I don't want to do is to overlook a high risk individual in my community simply because they're homeless. What I want to do is to supervise them in compliance with their terms, but also make sure they're held accountable, make sure they're complying, they're getting services, drug testing, rehabilitative opportunities, so they can succeed, then we all succeed.
0: So prior to this vehicle being in operation, how else would you have reached that uh, community?
1: We were having them come to the office. Um, And sometimes um, a bus ride to our office, our office in Roseville or office in Auburn, could be hours. Um, Even when they only live, actually, their camp might be five miles away. It could take them several hours to get to our office. So that was a huge um, kind of a barrier that was in the way because why would they want to come and see us um, where I could probably walk there faster than I can get there on a bus. But some of these, some of these individuals, they don't travel very well. So sure. we wanted to break down that barrier as well.
0: So um, what's it, uh, You know how you said you you have it. Is it every day in service? Is it you know just is there a rotation throughout the county? So so
2: there's a rotation, and the cities that we serve most frequently are going to be Lincoln, Rockland, Roseville, and Auburn. Okay. And we have check-in times where essentially individuals will come and check in in three-hour windows. And the advantage that this gives, we still have officers that are the boots on the ground approach that are going to the actual physical. Camps of the homeless. Mm -hmm. But now, what this enables us to do is when we need to sit down, have air conditioning or heat, get out of the weather, we can use our computers and we can have those long conversations that might be at times 30 minutes or an hour that you could never really do practically at the campsite. So, that's probably the biggest difference that this enables us to just move the office to exactly where they're at. And then move the office back at the end of the day.
0: Is it a special unit that's assigned to the vehicle and goes to all these different places, or does it rotate out? Like, how many people do you normally ha- have working the vehicle? So,
2: essentially, in the middle of May, we yep. created a new outreach division. Oh, okay. Uh, what we did is we restructured internally to best be efficient and make sure that we can serve the needs of the homeless in our community. And prior to that, we had different division managers that were responsible for where the vehicle would be. Uh, Now that is all under one division.
1: Okay. Okay, great. And if I could just um, elaborate on that a little bit, the creation of that division was really to create a team of experts regarding the unsheltered population. Because um, those that are on probation or those that even aren't on probation, they have um, specific needs and things that, that we would like to help them with to get to a better place. And if I can bring a team of probation officers that are experts in the field, then the opportunity for their success is much higher.
0: So um, talk to me a little bit about the, the data. You kind of have made a few mm-hmm. points about that. And I know that's really important to probation, but to Plaster specifically, you guys have always kind of looking at your data, kind of seeing what, what's happening. What kind of data points would you share as success?
1: Well, I think, first off, the connection of those um, 3,000 points of contact, and I emphasize points of contact because it's not people, but people that come in and see us on a regular basis. That demonstrates um, to me that the vehicle is working, that they are seeing us, um, which potentially before the vehicle was deployed, they wouldn't have seen us that frequently. Um, I also have to emphasize the ability to have that meaningful engagement. Like um, Aaron was just talking about, um, you can't really have a – a good interview at a homeless camp out there, um, you know, in the creek bed or whatever, where you can bring them back and we can sit down and actually talk about plans and develop a case plan and figure out how we're going to do our best to help them change their lives.
0: That's great. Um, So you've been doing this now for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Okay, so what lessons learned? When you started, what did you wish you had known now that you've been in this for a little bit?
1: Well, I think... One lesson learned, I think it's important to be able to utilize an adaptive management style. Just because it's working today doesn't mean it's going to work tomorrow. Um, Just because it's working in the city of Auburn, it may not be working in Lincoln. So you need to be able to adapt your plan and to make it work for the population that you're serving. Because the things that we do in Auburn may not work in Roseville, because this is different. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to adjust your approach and have your team make the same kinds of adjustments as well. Sure.
0: Sure. Sure. What have you liked best about being a part of this project?
2: I think the best part is the satisfaction in knowing that we're making a change uh, out in the community. Mm -hmm. We, We have people that stop by all the time. We have people that used to be on probation that check in just because they want to let you know how they're doing. We have people that have never been on probation that check in just because they want to let you know how you're doing oh, wow. or how they're doing. And it's uh, it's pretty fulfilling in that sense mm-hmm. that, you know, I think most people want to know that someone kind of has their eye out for them to make sure that everything's going okay. So yeah. we find that when we do our check-ins, oftentimes like when we're in Roseville, we get between 20 and 30 check-ins in about a three-hour period. And some of those folks have never had status, but they just want to come say hi and let you know how they're doing.
0: Wow, and uh, what would you? How would the interaction be with somebody who didn't have status? What would be the the types of things that you would be able to do for someone like that?
2: Well, we can still connect them to services. So whether okay. that might be assisting them with the two one one process to mm-hmm. look at housing, whether that looks at medical, dental, vision, whether that looks at other opportunities such as CalFresh, all those are opportunities that exist on board. And Marshall's always been one of the, one of the few chiefs that says it's it's for everybody. We don't only serve people on probation because we want to make sure that we're serving everyone in our community.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that because mm-hmm. it seems as though one, this is this is a really super creative, you know, uh, way to to accomplish the mission of probation. What you guys are doing is very consistent, right, with what we do in probation generally. Um, and your county seems to have been embracing these ways in which to fold probation into some of the issues that they're grappling with, mm-hmm. you know, the, the homeless situation specifically. Uh, are you seeing yourself kind of pulled into more of those conversations as uh, probation because of this and, and other things?
1: Well, I think um, one thing that's, I guess, worth, worth noting is um, uh, we've been doing diversionary programs mm-hmm. forever in the juvenile world. This is truly no different to the people that are not on probation. Mm -hmm. We're we're helping divert them from becoming in the system or they're on their way to the system. The only difference between the juveniles and adults that are unsheltered is the juveniles, that that program, it feels good to the community. It feels good because we're helping kids. It's the same concepts and the same values that we put into our program because we are truly doing our best to help individuals that are unsheltered and at any time could become on probation. And so if we can help those people from entering the justice system, if they haven't already, then that's one less victim in our community.
0: It's a great point. And it it seems like many people even outside of Placer agreed because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know when I was sitting in a one of our region meetings at <laughs> CPOC, and uh, you had just been approached by the county about this bookmobile. And so you were sharing with your colleagues a little bit about you're kind of trying to decide if it made sense and, and how it would mm-hmm. work. And, um, You know, you were a little cautious about getting too excited, but, um, you know, there's no stopping me. I started to hear it, right? And we Mm -hmm. immediately uh, kind of put the concept into some of the things that we wanted to be talking to people up here in um, Sacramento about, uh, uh, finding a way to talk about it statewide. At the same time, uh, there was a lot of attention being paid to how are we going to be creative around um, providing uh, help to the homelessness uh, issue. Just and I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done in that mm-hmm. area. But the governor really liked the concept and put it in his budget. And now there's money for the state to to try to put some of these vehicles in um, in other jurisdictions as well. So. Keep coming up with great ideas. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. (laughs) Blaster does tend to do some of that. Um, You know, you talked a little bit about kind of globally why it's important, but I'm wondering if you have any uh, just stories, just uh, really great success stories or individual, like what it looks like to a person um, that you would want to share with us today. Well,
1: Aaron will will have a couple of Mm -hmm. the detailed stories, but, but I'll comment just a little bit on that. I think that that... As you mentioned a minute ago, people sometimes just come by that are homeless, not on probation, just to check it out, to see if it's a safe place for them to come. Mm -hmm. Um, We have had it utilized as a warming center, a cooling center. Um, We've also had a couple individuals just come into the POV and say, hey, I'm feeling suicidal. Is there Mm -hmm. somebody here that can help me? And our probation officer and practitioner took care of it and got that person to a safer place. So it is, um, it has become a... um, a landmark, so to speak, um, that roams around Plaster County and that the population knows that that's a place to go that's safe and a place to go for help.
0: A moving landmark. I like the sound of that. What about Absolutely. you, Aaron? Tell us a little bit about some stories about the difference it's made.
2: Well, I think the difference that it makes, and again, it's, it's used throughout the community. So it's used at community events. It's used in parades. It's used for outreach at schools and job fairs. And I think one of the things is it starts to bridge that gap between the average citizen and the unsheltered. So we have a lot of folks that will stop by that ask what it is. Mm -hmm. We give them a tour. They ask how they can assist, how they can assist in the mission of, of decreasing homelessness in our community. So all those are huge wins. And then of course, you know, we've, we've got a lead officer that at times he's had somebody that has anxiety about maybe going to the doctor and Hey, well, you're already on board, put your seatbelt on, let's just go. And so we have pictures of, of this mobile vehicle that's 30 feet long in front of uh, the hospital there, Sutter Roseville, mm-hmm. and uh, making sure that people get that continuum of care that they need. And so there's a lot that's of success great. stories that sometimes it's a little anecdotal, but it's great to see that it does become that beacon thing. People seek it. They can see it from a great distance away. It builds intrigue. And again, for people that are in the homeless community. They know that when they see that, that we're there and they often are coming to us as soon as we park the vehicle.
0: And one of the things that strikes me as I'm listening to you tell this story is that, you know, it does become something that people are looking for, right? And, and as a place to get help, which isn't always how people think of government these days, right? Mm-hmm. Or even law enforcement. And it seems as though you're kind of building some culture there within Plaster for people to want to outreach to the outreach vehicle,
1: I think that that on that note, uh, we really do our best to try to utilize a boots-on-the-ground approach, and that's just kind of a term that I've used um, quite a bit lately. Um, Understanding that with the unsheltered population or even people on probation, we need to meet them where they are, but we need to help them um, get to a better place for them, not what we think is their better place. So, And what I mean by that is for one person's success might just be getting a California ID today that might be a really big deal to somebody. Um, if we sit back from our outside viewpoint and think that the way to solve all this is is having you know a house and a car and a dog and all these things that, that, that we love to have in society, um, but to them, they're just trying to make it through the day. And if we can use this vehicle, use my team to help them get to a better place, then that day was a success.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and helping with system navigation is paramount. If you think about... In an average day, the average person in California needing to get services just to pay your DMV, go to the post office, check in with your doctor, whatever those look like, it's difficult enough with traffic and parking and, you know, vehicle maintenance, all of that. Now, that all compounds when you're in a homeless state and when you're trying to get from one facility to another, unfortunately, not everything's under one umbrella. But what we can do is we can offer nearly all those
1: services out of one vehicle.
0: Is there uh, any courtroom intersect with the vehicle?
1: Yes. Yeah, the vehicle is is set up to hold court hearings within the vehicle itself. Oh. Um, uh, we have a community court, which used to be referred to as homeless court, but now it's called community court, and we have the ability to actually hear court hearings um, directly from the vehicle. We've held court hearings, um, numerous court hearings, where the the DA is in the courtroom with the judge, probation officer, and the client is sitting there um, in the vehicle. We hold a we hold a court hearing, we verify community service, cases are dismissed dismissed and so forth, right right from the vehicle. We've also utilized it just recently at stand at a uh, stand down, mm-hmm. is that it's called at, at stand down um, plaster, where we held veterans court directly from the vehicle just a few weeks ago to help individuals that might have active warrants that we can help resolve directly from this operation of stand down plaster. So that way we can help them as well. So it's been it's been a pretty great success. Uh it's very much uh, similar to your um, your Zoom contacts, um, sure. which I'd, I get, have to give credit to COVID for something. So that is an, uh, basically um, a product of that because we became more comfortable as a justice system right. with that process.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, you've had to layer on this. Uh, the timing of, uh, mm-hmm. of what you were doing was probably exacerbated by the COVID um, experience, but also some of the lessons learned in Mm -hmm. COVID kind of allowed us to, to build off of that. Um, So is there enough use that you need more than one of these vehicles?
1: Yes, there is. In (laughs) fact, um, we are one of the grant recipients for the new vehicle. So we'll be um, uh, my, my, we, we don't have a name for it yet. M- oh. m- my staff have called it the mini POV, but um, we'll figure out something better than that. But we want to utilize a spinner-type van so it's more mobile. We can get out in the community. We can take mm-hmm. people to appointments. We can utilize our current um, uh, probation outreach vehicle as maybe the base station. Mm-hmm. But it really does open up opportunities, especially for our team that will be um, uh, roaming from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and providing services to the cities and the, and the different law enforcement agencies.
0: So do you have people banging down your door, either mobile or otherwise, uh, trying to uh, get on this unit so that they can work in the field on this? Is, uh, it, is it a popular assignment for probation officers?
2: Incredibly, uh, incredibly popular. It's popular amongst other counties as well. I know mm-hmm. we just booked two appointments today for people to come out from other counties oh, and, and see how we've set it up. But we have officers that are certainly very pleased with the operation and are happy to be part of the team that gets to go out and use it.
0: That's really great. Well, I mean, again, so much gets piloted. It feels like in your county, you guys have always done a great uh, work around being innovative. But this this was definitely a standout, especially at a time of need where the, the homeless um population uh, seems to need more. There are more of them. And so mm-hmm. very responsive. Um, anything else around that work in general in Plaster that you would, uh, that you see probation and our mission kind of tying into?
1: Well, I just think that also just, I mentioned earlier about our outreach team. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's kind of a work in progress with our probation officers doing that type of work. Um, I think it also provides experts in the field. It provides accountability because I think we all know that there might be maybe some people on probation that say they're homeless and they may not really be homeless. So this uh, team will hopefully will flesh those people out right. and so we can get them onto a better track and becoming more honest with this um, at the same time providing the ones that are truly homeless um, services as well. But I think there's a nexus between what we do and um, this population because at the end of the day we're about you know reducing victims in our community and changing lives.
0: A balance of both. Like you're, mm-hmm. I hear you both talking a lot about the services and the benefit mm-hmm. to the client, but can't be lost, right, that this is also such a benefit to the community as a whole because of the public safety um, aspect that's uh, delivered, um, you know, as a byproduct of those services that you're providing. Absolutely. Yeah. So any other... Um, you know, either lessons learned or anecdotes. I mean, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about conceptually, but and I know we almost try to stay away from anecdotes and stories and probation because we want to kind of stick to the data and try to explain it. But I think sometimes that brings it home as to what the difference is. Is there a particular client that stands out to you that uh, you can share their story?
2: You know, I think for me, I, I even look at an event we did last week where we had close to 100 people walk through. Wow. And those are individuals that might not know anything about probation, might not know anything about homeless issues in our community or other issues in our community. Yeah. And those are all huge wins. Anytime that you can connect with the public, Marshall and I talk all the time about social media and how do you make sure that you get probation out there and you explain to your to your community what it is you do and what you bring to the table you can go on social media all you want. You don't know who you're really reaching. You might be reaching people in other states or other countries. But when I have a hundred people walk through that vehicle and touch buttons and ask what a computer does and how does this work with the court and how are you working with the homeless, that's a hundred people that I absolutely know I connected that are in our community. And those are taxpayers and those are people that are going to make a choice in the future. And it's really important to make sure that you're hitting those people too.
0: And what's interesting too is, right, that What you're doing with the probation outreach vehicle is not something different than what the probation mission is. It's just kind of maybe a different way, an additional way to deliver those services. So educating folks about what you do and everybody else back in the office or in other um, outreach, um, it's it's just, yeah, sometimes, you know, a a more creative way to see it. Absolutely. And speaking of you never know who you're reaching – I think you have received a lot of news coverage and interest mm-hmm. in and around uh, the vehicle idea. So um, and what's what's been the strangest outreach to you about your outreach vehicle?
1: Um, we've had a lot of coverage. Yes, we did have um, uh, where it was our, our probation, outreach vehicle was, was on the news in Beijing, China. And it was very fun to watch it on uh, on YouTube because um, the language is different, and I was apparently speaking a different language I didn't know I could do. So anyway, that was kind of fun. but yeah, it's that's pretty neat. so
0: interesting that that would be something that was picked up from a you know, it kind of gives you an idea about the barriers that are maybe in people's minds mm-hmm. where in in a way, this just seems to me like the everyday thing that probation does. It's just now being delivered in a different vehicle. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, anything that we haven't touched here that kind of excites you about uh, the project and, you know, that you'd want uh, other probation folks to hear about?
1: Well, I'm excited about the opportunity to continue this. Yes. And and I'm very thankful for that opportunity. But I guess my biggest advice would be is is don't be afraid to try something new. Um, You know, try something new. And if it doesn't work, try something different. And continue to, to do that until you find something that works.
0: Yeah. And it works great for your community. It sounds like you have a lot of support within your not only community, but also the leaders in your community. A lot of uh, the board support and mayors and others probably like seeing the vehicle come in their way. They
1: do. They yeah. do okay. a lot. And I
2: think public support's been huge, too. Yeah. So, so there's always a little bit of uncertainty whether or not the public supports all the efforts Especially around the homeless, which can be a pretty interesting topic at times and can get pretty heated. But everywhere that we've gone, the number of people that come up to us at the end and and shake our hand and how can I help you? How can we get money to the department? How can we get you products that you need? Uh, And that's been at every level. And that's been through all of our programs that we're running. It's just been great to see how much the public is interested in being part of the solution.
0: Seems like it's always been a bit of a barrier for probation in general to uh, make sure that the community knows the important work of the mission that you guys are doing and, and how that plays into just everyday life and the, you know, the safety uh, aspect of it and how you can improve the community. So this seems like it's had a twofold uh, effect on kind of the marketing of, of really the, the mission, but also the creativity expanding the mission to be you know, addressing the issues of the day.
1: That's true. And that's something we've talked about for years Mm -hmm. um, since I began coming to Seapockets. How do we, how do we tell people the great things that we do? And I think this is one step, but I think that we've got lots of great ideas out there with all of our staff and and people that work in all of our departments. Um, We just got to take a chance.
0: Right. Well, that's a great message to kind of end on. Right? Is we do have to take. I mean, I, the probation mission does allow for a lot of creativity. So making sure to encourage people to try to, uh, you know, address those problems mm-hmm. and take a chance on on an idea. Because I again, I remember the the day that you weren't so sure how this was all going to work I didn't know out. If it was going to work or not? Yeah, and that's and <laughs> you said that full disclosure as you spoke to your peers, and uh, you know it. it obviously quickly did. It sounded like exactly the types of things that probation does and does well. And you obviously have great people in the department that will take the idea and operationalize it. So, um, so we appreciate that. Uh, uh, kind of maybe a fun question uh, we like to ask uh, the guests. So um, it's clear you love what you do and you're good at it. But if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing? I'll start with Marshall. Oh,
1: well, I've been doing this for 32 years, so um, I don't know. But what I do know is, is I get great satisfaction working with people and helping them, helping them become better, whether that's the individuals on probation, the staff that I supervise, um, or even staff that I meet and meet in, in, in the community. Um, so my answer would be it would be doing something along that realm.
0: Okay. Well, it seems like where you're at probably allows for the most success at that. Uh, but so we we want to keep you right there. <laughs> what about you, Erin? And,
2: and I would have to kind of echo the same, that mm-hmm. it would be working with people in some regard.
0: Yeah. It seems like that is a real key point to probation, right? You have to want to work with people. You have to, like, enjoy trying to help people move forward and, and uh, or get help or or figure out those pieces. So it sounds like you guys landed in the right place, thankfully for us. Okay. Thank <laughs> Great. Well, with that, again, thank you for taking some time today to kind of walk us through it. And thank you for bringing the idea to fruition. I mean, I know there's, uh, you know, others have been playing around with a little bit of the concept, but really the, the idea was able to uh, spring forward an entire, you know, um, grant program for the state, which is really exciting. So I'm hoping we'll see uh, even further build out of this. This concept.
1: Yeah. And, and, and thank you to cpac for your support in all this. Um, it doesn't go past me that we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for your support, Karen, oh. and the rest of the staff.
0: Well, thank you. Well, this is a true team effort. So <laughs> thank thanks you. again. Thank you.